So, e hoomaka na kaua. Kalani kai, mahalo nui no ke ia hui ana. Uh, hiki pa ya oi ke hoolauna, uh, ya oi iho hi au, a me kapo e hoolohi ni. Aloha kakou, o wawo kalani kai makani ben liana. Ano, wai anai mai au. Wai he le wawo a nui, anai a wawo a nui ma wai anai. I'm from Waianae, and um, let's see, I am 43 years old. Okay. I have seven children. <laughs> I, uh, my wife and I have seven children. We've been together for 20 years now. It'll be 20 years in August or July. Congratulations. What a feat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's been um, long, but we went through the army together and now we live in Colorado. Live in Colorado. Yep. And um, with seven children and 20 years, that really is an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so where did, I'm just curious then, where did you guys meet? Oh, uh, we met in Waianae actually. I got uh, stationed back home in Hawaii. Uh -huh. And then um, my wife, I seen her, it, it was so ironic because I heard um, my honey baby, there was a beautiful girl under a mango tree um, with long ehu hair, a flower in her ear, and bongo shorts on. And <laughs> sure enough, that was my wife. That was your wife. Yeah. <laughs> you have to thank the artist, too. I, I can't remember the name of the artist, but you got to thank him for <laughs> predicting. I know. The <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you for coming on this podcast. The reason why I, I asked you to be on the podcast is because we haven't we haven't known each other for very long, but every time we've been able to speak, I am so impressed with your pronunciation, with your ability to speak Hawaiian. Uh, you have such a lovely uh, ability to speak, and I, I want to know more about that. I want to I want to know your story, and I'm sure all the people listening, you know, who are striving to learn Hawaiian and to uh, master the pronunciation and the intonation and all of that all of those things can we can all learn a lot from you so would you mind telling me how you learned Hawaiian oh I appreciate that um yes so I basically moved to Kansas when I was eight um and so growing up in uh the 80s in in Kansas was was not your typical place for an island kid to be um, but growing up, I didn't have, my mom didn't realize how much Hawaiian she had actually shown me or given me. Um, but we, so as we were there, um, things just became more Americanized and more country. We lived in a farm town, with a lot of cattle. And um, I, I just, there was a love, my mom listened to Hawaiian music. There was a love of me trying to figure it out because my Mexican friends would speak Spanish or there's other people who spoke different languages and I never knew it. Um, so when we left in 91 and we moved to California, uh, my auntie and my uncle had lived there. My mom and um, uh, her sister and her brother lived out there. And so we started paddling canoe and being exposed to Hawaiian, Hawaiian uh, culture and language out there with a whole bunch of islanders. So at the end of the day, um, that's where I, I started to get a little more. My my auntie spoke a little from her grandparents. Then we moved back home to Hawaii. And so 
at that point, I started to pick up a little bit from Kukuna that was around in my family. Um, and then I actually put myself into a school. So I had probably learned a little more than I expected. Um, but I didn't really realize the context or the dramatics of it all. So I went to Kalahio and um, went to this night school, went to Hawaiian uh, classes at Kailua High School. I couldn't get into those in Spanish class. Um, from going from high school in California to Hawaii, I still had to finish out my Spanish um, uh, foreign language. And so at that point, at that point, um, I finally got into Hawaiian when I went back to Wailai. And then my mom's good friends, they were the teachers at Punanaleo. One was from Niihau and one was from Maui. Um, and so we, I, I immersed myself with the, the families there. There was constant, constant Niihau dialect. Um, and Maui dialect. So there was just so much things um, coming at you different ways, different pronunciations of the same word. Um, but I just fell in love with uh, my, my Mi'ihau Hanai family. And, um, that's where I kind of just keep, keep um, trying to preserve that, that uh, accent or that um, style of speaking Hawaiian. Yeah. That's so that's incredible. Did you could you hear the difference? I mean, we know we've heard there's native speakers, but I mean, you've really you've really done it. So how did you know what you know at that age? How old were you when when you when you started immersing yourself? I was 16. You were 16. OK. Yeah. Um, and then and so wait, now I want to know this. Were you going to regular school and night school as a teenager just to learn? Yeah. Hawaiian? Oh, my yeah. God. That's amazing. OK. Yeah. And then you started immersing yourself in native speech. So when you were 16, what made you think to want to immerse yourself even more with native speakers? With the I, native I guess, Yeah, I guess it was the desire to to actually learn our our mother language, you know, that made me um, more interested into knowing different ways of pronunciations of stuff. I understood that there was, um, you know, and, and for instance, if you say Pololei, um, and you could see that on Kulaivi with um, Kela, um or with regular uh, teachers. But at the end of the day, when you'd go back home, um, there's a difference at home where I would go with, my Niihau family and they would say Pololei. Mm. Or, you know, I'd be exposed to my mom's other friends from Maui and they would say Pororoi. Or our, our my kupuna from Waimea on Hawaii Island. Um, they say Pololei, Pororoi, kind of a mix of stuff. So I'm wondering, where is this coming from? And a lot of uh, my friends growing up in Waianae um, were Samoan. And so, you know, at some point, I, I, I think I was even corrected because I, I and I was going through that, that language learning. Um, I, I was kind of trying to combine the two, Hawaiian and Samoan. Hmm. And so I would end up sounding Samoan when I was speaking Hawaiian. And so the everybody would look at me funny and I'm like, what? So they're like, oh, you're, you're making your, you're sounding Samoan. You're, you're putting Samoan accents to it. And so I'm like, what is that? You know, and so I, I went back, you know, to my uh, Auntie Ulu Chalk was my Hanai auntie. Um, and I just immersed myself in there and, and knowing that there's difference. You know, when we say, you know, close the door, they would say, and so there's something 
that it just intrigued me because then using the tea, the tea was also amazing that I didn't hear too often in regular Hawaiian. So I wanted to put that tea and then I wondered why the, the L's ended up rolling like an R. And also those things are always what I, I guess intrigued me about learning um, the difference in between Olelo Hawaii and Olelo Kanaka Mi'iau or Namu Kanaka. So I, I just always try to continue doing that and, and realizing that there is a difference between all Polynesian languages because like I said, the people would tease me because it sounded like saying, um, you know, stuff like, koa, you know, and that's like a Samoan accent. And they look at me funny and they're like, what are you doing? What are you saying? And so I realized like, okay. oh yeah, that's totally wrong. They? Yeah. Who do you mean by they? The, the uh, this Nihau family or the Samoans who was making fun of you? Oh no, Hawaiian, Hawaiian uh, teachers, not the Nihau family per se. Um, because I, I guess it was really around my friends um, that was also learning Hawaiian too. Um, but uh, one particular friend, her name was Hoku Kalawa, and her grandparents were Manaleo from um, Lolii and Kalapana. And so they lived up in Wainai Valley. Um, but we would ride the city bus going from Wainai down into town. And then we would talk to each other in Hawaiian. And then this is when I would say stuff like that. Um, and, you know, she would look at me funny. She said, why do you sound like that? Stop making yourself sound like that. You know, that's not Hawaiian. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I was wrong. So. <laughs> You're very humble. You could take those kinds of comments from your friends and then improve on them. Right. Yeah. I don't know that I had much um, disciplining in regards to Olelo or just speaking with my Nihau family. I think they wanted us to pronounce everything um, more correctly. You know, the, the way that the book had, had shown you how to pronounce it and where when you go to the house, everybody just speaks it. And so they're not really correcting you in regards to like being a teacher. Um, no, this is the right way to say it. You know, they, they do it more warmingly. Uh, they tell you, oh, um, and so I, I humbled, like I said, like you said, I humbled myself to uh, imitate that, you know, a very accent. Yeah. Was there anything you can remember? Because, I mean, I've listened to native speakers. It's super hard to imitate. I feel like people have a natural talent and a gift. Not that it can't be developed, but was there anything you remember doing that maybe helped you? get that sound as a 16 year old are you naturally talented no i don't think that that's it <laughs> <clears throat> i think um really just being in in the house and then reading the bible um and singing at church um those things kind of helped me there was a uh, difficult times in pronouncing uh things especially when you come from kansas California coming to Hawaii, um, and then you just don't really understand that there is a huge, um, you know, language deficit there. I guess in between English and, and, and Hawaiian, uh, but I I think that that was the biggest things. I mean, just sitting there listening to Auntie Ulu, her mom Auntie Mikala, and then her grandmother uh, Grandma Rosalie, 
um, you know, and just 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 listen to them go back and forth, back and forth. You know, you just got to sit there and just pick it up and soak it all in like a sponge. And that's what uh, I think the intent was, right? So, but I mean, there's multiple times where I, you know, I I even till today, I listen to uh, like Kumuipo and or something that Malu will say, and I'm like, I, I've never heard this word before in my life. Mm. You know, and I'm like, what does that mean? So I have to look it up with, uh, in the Pukivehevehe, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is probably how we said it, you know, growing up, it was a little bit different. Um, but I always wanted to, to persevere because growing up in, you know, I graduated in 1995, so in the 90s, it was a big era of, um, Renaissance and, and Hawaiian language. And, um, you know, at that at that time, I think that Kina, uh, uh, um, you know, was a strong advocate, and I'd go to these Hawaiian language competitions in Almeja or all over the state um, just to listen to, people. and it would it just soaked up all that knowledge, um, but that made me persevere learn more, to learn more, because stuff like Tahiti Tahiti Fendi have Tahitians, actual Tahitians, and you're like, oh, that's a beautiful language, I've never heard this, you know, and then you go to a Hawaiian, um, I think they call it Holomai Pele, and Holomai Pele came out, um, and so you listen to Hawaiians talking, and you're like, oh, wow, that's even more beautiful, what is that? That's Hawaiian, and you just get so involved in, in that culture. Plus, once we're warriors were out back then, and uh, you know that was a, a big Maori hit, but it also hit home in Hawaii. So now everybody feels very connected Polynesian-wise. But what does that mean for me? What is that identity for me? And being you know in the the Nihau community, I think that that was my biggest love was being. That's where I connected with was the Nihau community. Uh, they do a lot of Paniolo stuff. When my family comes from in Waimea, Hawaii, um, my family were Paniolos, all country Bukawas, you know, ranchers. Um, and so those are the things that I'm, I'm still connected to still today. Did you, um, do you know the family Asing or Asing? Asing? I think it's just Asing. Do you know that family? I've, I've heard that family oh, okay. name. Not sure that I'm familiar. Well, I, I interviewed uh, Kayla is her, her first name. Anyways, I interviewed her in the podcast. Her family, her husband's family is from, I think, Waimea and they're Paniolo. And I know that they have, like she was saying, his dad, I think, is a native speaker. So I thought maybe you guys were related or something. I had her on the podcast. To it could be because back in those days, um, so my last name is Liana and um so they, they're also related to Lindsay's and Spencer's and um, and those are big cowboy names up in Waimea. Uh -huh. um, but usually, typically, anybody that is raised in Waimea will know the Liana family because there was 21 yeah. kids that they had. <laughs> so, You're following yeah. the tradition. You're a little behind, though. You uh, yeah, <laughs> very behind. <laughs> So going back to what you were saying about uh, you, you immersed yourself, like it sounded like what you really did is you tried to just find every avenue you could to immerse yourself in, in the language. 
in native speech and non-native just immerse yourself right so what did you think as a as a 16 year old 17 year old what did you think you were gonna do like what was Hawaiian language gonna mean to you for your whole life did you did you like know at the time like what you wanted to do with it or how was how it was gonna be a part of your life you know I uh, I really just thought that it was just a sense of like of knowing uh, where you're from uh, you know my mom has has taught me you know a tree cannot grow without roots. You know, we know where we're going because we know where we're from. And I think that language, um, you know, it, it plays a big and integral part into us growing up as into adults. Um, but I think that while I was a kid at that age, I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to fight. You know, I was going to fight for Hawaiian uh, sovereignty rights, um, and then use that into uh, the tribunals going talk. And, um, but tell them, you know, our language is almost extinct. And these things that our people didn't have a choice that, you know, um, some of them in particular didn't have a choice. They were, they were, you know, scrutinized for speaking Hawaiian in school um, or out in, in public. Uh, some of them obviously did, and uh, which I th- I'm thankful that they, they did keep that alive. Um, but you know, at, the, at that point, I wanted to use the, the language in, in law and see where we would be able to benefit, where our, our lahui would benefit from, you know, the, um, just in law in general and then and then using the, the olelo into that as well. Well, that's incredible <laughs> and can still happen, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's yeah. Close. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, well, so did you... Um, did you go down that field a little bit or was, did you find what, what happened with that, uh, that dream you had? So I did go to uh, a summer uh, program in college. I went to Leeward Community College. I had, I had a scholarship, um, but at the end of the summer, they were going to the vocational scholarship. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be more of your culinary arts and stuff like that. And I was like, I was really opposed to that at, at that time. I wanted to use my lolo, you know, and my brain and not my, just my hands. Um, and so I went back to uh, the high school where I graduated from and I helped teach olelo at, uh, with my, my teacher, um, wow. which is, is ironic. Yeah. Um, some of my cousins, um, you know, obviously were a few grades behind me or right behind me. Um, but yeah, I would teach them. It, it didn't pan out as well as, as, uh, I, I thought it might, um, but, and then after that, I joined the army, uh, but, uh, I, I didn't pursue it. I didn't pursue my law degree or anything because I just, you know, at 19, when I joined the army, there's so much more exposure to the world and where you could go and what you can do. Um, because at that point I said, well, you know what, if I, if the United States is done this so much, this atrocity to our, our people and our aina, I'm going to have them pay me in some way. So I'm joining the army. That's what <laughs> That's I did. Way. That's when I yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> Got money from them some way, somehow. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Good job. <laughs> I'm glad we're paying them to pay you. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with the work of Dr. Kianasai. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but he was in the army too. And he talks about how being in the army taught him all of these 
things that now he can kind of almost use against them in in the right. right he like knows how they did it and what you know why and all of those steps so right yeah 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 he's a pretty amazing guy too i mean i i've watched a few um youtube videos on him and then uh back in the 90s when there were uh, like i said there was a big uh, movement you know you got 1993 um and we're looking at 100 years at you know the overthrow of the monarchy so everyone was just really active at that point very vocal um and so that was kind of our you know my generation growing up we're like, oh yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna step up there we're gonna be Kalahui hawaii we're gonna you know go all kinds of different ways um but yeah dr kiano sai uh, was familiar because i think i was probably at a rally at one point or uh, a march rather uh, and then i heard him speak so. yeah yeah, he, he's pretty incredible and you yeah. guys would probably be best friends i mean <laughs> your backgrounds your interests and everything um, yeah yeah i was gonna ask oh so you you lived through quite an incredible time and you're telling it to me firsthand i was actually born in 1993 so i, wasn't yeah. quite, I was there <laughs> I, wasn't, right. I wasn't quite vocalizing you know outside but do you see so so from your perspective how have you seen the renaissance go was there like a a big push in the beginning like where where do you where have you seen it kind of evolve how have you seen it evolve over time oh, i think in regards to the language itself uh, there's been so much um work um to the better for the, the betterment of the lahui and for the olelo um, I would never have thought that it would have gained so much popularity and so much um, recognition over, you know, these 20 something years that I've been out of uh, school that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing to see that now you could go to Kilo and you hear speakers uh, and they're speaking in Hawaiian. We didn't have that back then. You know, we, we, you can't, you can go to Hilo and, and order food in, in Hawaiian at uh, some, you know, restaurants. We didn't have that. Yeah. Um, you know, there was there's things all over the Maivele, you know, the, the internet that it gives you so much opportunities. And back when we were doing it, you know, it was all uh, recordings, uh, videotapes, uh, CDs were coming out, right? They were coming out back then. <laughs> so, um, but we didn't, we didn't have as much resources and tools. So I think they've done a great job um, whether it was the Hapunana Leo or as part of the Kulanui, um, you know, that everybody's just just done their part um, to, to do so much for the language. I think that it's it's um, it's amazing where it is right now. I think. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, man, I used to be so jealous that um, you know everyone else could speak their language, and 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 I still you know wait for the day when I can go in my uniform and just have a full-on conversation in Hawaiian with somebody. I haven't had that opportunity yet. I think there was some, somebody that, that tried, um, but it wasn't as fluent. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I didn't discourage. I was, you know, uh, encouraged rather. So, I mean, uh, but I think there's more opportunities. I don't know how much longer I can stick it out. But with the newer generation, like you guys coming up, um, you know, there's there's more opportunities where you see a local kid come in and like you start, you know, speaking Hawaiian, you're like, oh, you know Hawaiian. oh yeah, you know Hawaiian. So that would be amazing 
um, to me to actually have seen that, um, you know, firsthand being so far away from Hawaii. And because if you go, like a lot of my Samoan friends, they'll, they'll just go anywhere and they all speak Samoan, you know. And, um, and that was something that, that I said, man, one day we'll be like that. One day, you know. And had they not taken that away from us, maybe we would have had that opportunity. Um, but you know, I mean, I, like I said, I think so much things. Um, back in those days, you also had stuff that the Maori did um, that you were so invested in because at that point, everybody in Waianae thought they were Maori all of a sudden. <laughs> now, once we're warriors and everybody thinks they're Maori, so you get Maori tattoos and everything. Um, so you know, at that point, because we were so interested and so... We're trying to develop our, ourselves and trying to identify, um, but there was not a lot of resources. Every the, everybody that we had stuck in, in a small village like Hiloli'i um, or, you know, Pakala in Kauai, that little boat harbor in, in Kauai without the Nihon still, right? Um, so these little pockets in, in Hawaii, or Waimea even, um, is where everybody had to go searching it out. Where are you? So I think now we have so much exposure. I think it's, it's turning for the better from what I've seen before to right now. Yeah, absolutely. Keep his hat on wearing. Thank you for wearing. Thank you for wearing that on this podcast. <laughs> I we appreciate that a lot for sure, especially on your head. It's an honor for you to oh, be wearing please. our hat. I take <laughs> it everywhere, and everybody asks me, "What is that? Is that a new football team?" I said, "Yeah, <laughs> University of of Hawaii at home." <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I know Hawaii, Hawaii doesn't have a, an NFL team, right? So right. <laughs> you can make up anything. And no, no. <laughs> you no know. I explained them. I give them the full definition of what I think that uh, Malu wanted, right? Was the, the fact that this was a loud bird, right? Mm-hmm. It was the, the alala, right? And so I tell them exactly, you know, that this bird is semi extinct, you know, and, and that was kind of like our language. And so now that there's this, yeah, rejuvenation in us, in us Kanaka, that, you know, this is going to, this is promoting, we want to be a loud voice, and we're not going to be extinct, we're coming back, right, and so that's, they're like, really, and they absolutely appreciate it, they love it, they love it all the time, so well, thank you guys, <laughs> it's an honor, oh, that means a lot to me, thank you so much to me and Malu, both, um, but back on to you um, and, and your story, because, I, oh, I wanted to thank you for sharing that perspective, because I think, you know, like I said, I was born in 1993, so I didn't have those experiences that you shared. So for me, it's like I've lived in the tech technology age. I, you, I don't know what I don't know. So hearing you say, like, where it's come from in your own lifetime is helping me be even more appreciative of all the people who have done all the work before where we are now because i wasn't there to necessarily watch them i i'm benefiting off of what they've all done and and trying to hopefully grow it that's what you know that's what me and molly try to do is like let's try and reach even further and 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 uh reach more people and all those things but i'm really grateful you add in that perspective of all the work that has been done before and i'm really grateful for all of those people, because I can't imagine what that must have been like to start that renaissance. That must have been really, really hard, you know. 
It was absolutely amazing uh, when you would watch Manaleo, Manaleo with Kuani uh, Akama and, and Ipo and um, Hailama, Martin. Um, you know, these are in 90, the 90s. You're, you're just at all. Like, oh, there's Hawaii. You know, there's an Olelo. Olelo is this. And you're thinking, man, you can switch through all this Olelo and there'll be Hawaii. Nope. I mean, like one hour and one particular day that you would actually get to actually listen to Hawaii. Um, so those were our days. Myself, my friends, some of my family, you know, it wasn't like a Super Bowl or anything, but, you know, we would get it like, oh, wow, there's Hawaiian on top of there. So, you know, and listen, and record it, you know, and then play it back. And everybody's like, oh, this is how they say this and this. So this is what they're talking about, the picking limu or uh, how they would ranch the cattle, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I thought it was absolutely um, terrific from what what we had back then to what we, we are uh, seeing nowadays. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's so beneficial for not only the people in Hawaii, but for people like myself or, you know, others that, that are outside of, of Hawaii. We miss home and some things, food, we um, may not have, but we have something that connects us with back home. And that's the language, that's the olelo. Um, and when I do have these uh, opportunities to go on, you know, some uh, wine at home on, on your uh, program on the Facebook plus uh, Manaleo with Ipo, uh, those things are amazing to me because I don't have that quite often, of course, you know. Um, and then, so I don't know. Like I said, I, it, this is where I I am more in, involved in. I love it, and I wish I could be able to do more um, in regards to Olelo here in, in Colorado and kind of promote that. Um, and, and hopefully one day they might be able to. I, def I definitely think so. <laughs> I think very soon. So I think actually, <laughs> I think, I, well, at the end, I'll have you share your uh, Facebook group and things, but I think you're already doing doing some of those things. I just have to ask you this question before I keep I keep forgetting it. Um, because you're in Colorado, you know, you've shared your story of how you've learned. So how have you continued to olelo in your home? Do you olelo with your keiki or your um, bahine? What, what does that look like in your, your life? Uh, it's a constant. There's the, there, there is English, you know, I, I throw in English, obviously, but uh, Hawaiian is always constant. So they've been ma'atu speaking Hawaiian from the time they were in the, the open, in the womb. Um, they know, you know, and we, we sat down and read the Bible, um, we do prayers in Hawaiian, um, and so, and then we do sing, we do sing at the table before we eat, um, you know, all acapella. So, I mean, a little like, um, what we're used to, to see with Nihau communities. Um, so that, that's always a must, but I think I never, ever gave up, um, every deployment that I went. Called you know, my wife on the phone, and uh, I would speak to her in Hawaiian because at that point, when we when I first went in 04, um, you could only say so much, right? Um, before it was uh, people would know, you know, and, and that wasn't a thing, so we shouldn't have shared. But I spoke to her in Hawaiian, and so you know, she was picking it up and picking it up, and at the end of the day, I kept telling her, 
you understand what I mean? Local four, local four. She's like, I, local four. And I'm like, okay, I told her what day I was coming back home on leave. And then so she would tell me and stuff like, oh, you mean like day after Christmas? Oh, not even close to you. Not even. So I would tell her, I would tell her, babe, by the end of this tour, the the enemy's going to know more Hawaiian than you are. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she just started laughing and laughing. So, yeah, we would constant. It, it, it's it's never left the house. Um, like I said, we, my mom and my sister are up here now helping because I just, I deployed in 2018 from Poland. My mom and my sister came up to help my wife out with our side um, that we have. Um, so they've been, you know, keeping up with words and stuff like that. They, they don't speak Hawaiian or anything, but they do put words here and there. And then when I teach my my uh, my sister something or my mom, and they'll say it all in Hawaiian. Younger kids, but the older kids they, they comprehend. It's just that they're always scared to see it back. Yeah. Um, so I always tell them, don't, don't be scared. That's probably the one thing that's going to hinder you the most is being scared. Right? You got to go out there and that's what we do. We make mistakes. Um, but you're never going to know any different right, until you, you practice. Now I tell my kids, with anything in life, you practice better. You don't practice to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect, right? I think that there was only one person who ever walked the earth that was ever perfect. And it's definitely not me and or that. So we can only strive. Um, and so I think at the end of the day that we, so they got to do is continue. We really want to. I don't like to try to force it on them anymore because uh, they're older. Um, but if they really want to learn, there's much or many tools now. Yeah. Along with me being there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, huge resource in the home. <laughs> maybe, maybe you got to get your TikTok account first. So, you know, maybe you're not quite <laughs> hip enough with your kids. No, I'm just kidding. Right, right. Oh, exactly. They're like, Dad, you got to get on TikTok or something. <laughs> I, I have actually. I've gone oh. on TikTok. Yeah. And that's where I actually met, um, what is her name? Lillian? Lillian? Oh, yeah. She's on uh, TikTok? Olivia. Yes. Olivia. Not Lillian Ava, but. Oh. Live. Live. There Live. you go. Live. Yes. The lovely. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I like watching her videos and her singing and what she does. Um, but yeah, I, I do go on there and I used to think, what a joke in the beginning. <laughs> Until I seen everything else. I was like, well, this is actually a smart idea to reach the millions, right? Um, so yeah, I, I do go on there every once in a while. My babies have actually deleted my account, so now I got to make another one. <laughs> my phone. Yeah. Was that on purpose or accident? I don't know. I don't. I, I can't tell you. With the three younger ones, I have a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. Um, so I think a lot of stuff is definitely intentional. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the way technology can expand everything is really incredible. And I think that the fact that it can reach different age groups too, right? Like I, I feel like a lot of um, older age groups are on Facebook. They're using their, you know, they're getting into Facebook. It's kind of like whatever's the the oldest, like the younger generation, it's like, it's not cool anymore. They move out. <laughs> they go right. to the 
one. But, you know, finding ways to connect, that's really the idea, right? Through language, communication, videos, whatever it is, social media really is finding those ways to connect to you in Colorado and, you know, Lillian and um, some of our other friends in California and all over the world, Florida, you know, it's connecting all of us, the Lahui Hawaii. So how can we connect with you? The people listening, what can, um, what can people do to connect with you in ways that you're comfortable with? Uh, so, I mean, I do have my email. Um, I like one that I, a personal one is kalanikai.liana at gmail.com. Um, but my favorite one is kiloamo. I saw that. <laughs> at gmail.com. That's the one I use more frequently. Um, Everyone will just have to look up what that means. Yeah, exactly. Or you can email him and ask. <laughs> right. Um, and then I do have a Facebook group that I did start um, probably in 2017, I think I was um, just adamant about putting it out there, you know, Olelo Hawaii, who amongst us in, in Colorado has the ability to speak, you know, um, Hawaiian and where can we connect, you know, and uh, having, because we do have Ho'olauleos here um, and then there are, uh, I don't want to call them halaus, there are dance groups here. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they get together and they do a, a whole bunch of dances or luau's and stuff like that. Um, but it would be great to have something for people who are interested in Colorado or people who are coming up. Um, but it's called Poe Olelo Hawaii Makolo Wako. Um, and that's basically people who speak Hawaiian in Colorado. <laughs> is there, are there Okinas? So for everyone listening, are there Okinas in that or is it just Poe Olelo Hawaii? Ma Koloako is that Colorado? Yeah. Okay, people can search. No Kinas. No okay, so search for this group if you're living in Colorado, find Kalenikai. And do you encourage um, people learning to, to join too, or is it more for speakers? No, absolutely. Anybody that's um, hoi hoi enough, you know, to to learn or interested in learning, um, I don't ever want to push anybody away. Um, my wife. It's funny story because my wife was actually she's from Kaniohe, um, she's Portuguese Hawaiian, but she's very first in the, um, and so she was going working at the um, the Lo'i, um, in Waikani area. Um, anyhow, so she had done some Hawaiian. She does have Hawaiian blood, but she looks very Hawaiian, you know, um, very uh, Portuguese. So. And she would say stuff, she would always feel intimidated because people would correct her or make her feel really bad. Um, and that's not what, uh, that's not my life. I'm not about that, you know? So at the end of the day, I, I don't want to make anybody, and this, this is probably the reason why she dismissed to speak it because she always felt like she was not even welcome in her own land, um, even though that she may have been fairer than everybody else or you know, her pronunciation was or whatever um, and, and that's what I discourage from anybody like how you and Malu had both said um, because there's no and I told my wife or my mom there's no real right or wrong way um, because she would say Kanyohi um, but you know I would correct her and say oh no it's Kanyohi and she's like well my entire life I've known it as Kanyohi more and more I talk they have been used for months. So who am I to correct a 70-year-old or 80-year-old 
who has known that for so many years, yeah, I know what I pronounce it as. This is Kanyone. But if you are Ma'at today, if that's how you pronounce Kanyone, that, that's, you know, that's your Kuliyama. I'm not going to sit there and tell you, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, because that's, I'm not the teacher. You know, and I, I don't, I don't profess to be. I profess to speak Hawaiian in my house. Um, I don't have, obviously, a degree or anything to kind of justify or certify me into teaching Hawaiian, but I know Hawaiian. Um, and I think that I can get by if, if that makes any justification. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's, a, it's, I don't know whether um, people need mean to others, um, but like I said, it's not, I'm not about that life. You know, um, put it on terms to my children, and I'm not about that life. I, I just continue to be who I am because God has blessed us with being who we are. And you got to turn around and be able to love each other. I mean, of course, we're never going to agree on everything. Um, but, you know, there's always a, a time to um, give uh, correction. I guess in a, in a warming manner, right? um, and not in such a, in a way that it's going to cause people to not want to be. Yeah. Well, Kalanika, you are a huge example to me. I am so inspired by this conversation that we've had. I just, I want to thank you so much for letting me talk to you and hearing your thoughts. Um, I definitely feel like I need to work on some things and just everything you talked about, I'm like I need to study more and work on some things. And I am a hundred percent with you. I'm not about that life either of discouraging others, especially our own people uh, to learn Hawaiian. And like you said, I mean, you can correct, you could correct all day long, but it might not be very effective. So you're kind of wasting your breath and it, and you might be pushing people away more than helping them, you know, right. learn. I think people will learn. I'm personally, I'm a hard learner. I learn on my own terms. Like Malu can correct me all day, but it's not until like, I just notice one day what he said. I'm like, oh, I've been saying that wrong this whole time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes the, the best thing is to correct yourself and not to correct others. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my wife always tells me, you know, you might, have, you might as well look in the mirror before you start talking to anybody else. Yeah. You, know, you always have Three fingers pointing back at you when you're pointing at someone yes, else. Yes, you do. That is very true. Those yeah. are those things that you're like, oh, well, let me think about this before I say it. Do I really want to go down this path or down this road? Mm -hmm. um, what, what's the consequences if I do say what I say? Yeah. Well, um, I don't want to take any more of your time up, but thank you again for, for meeting with me. And um, just any last words that you have for, for people listening, learning Hawaiian? Uh, I just really want to say thank you all for, uh, you know, just being here. And then obviously don't ever give up, uh, no matter what any obstacles life throws at you uh, on your journey. Uh, just don't ever give up. It's a great journey as long as you get to the other side. Yeah. This is coming from a warrior, a man married 20 years with seven children and lived all over the country and probably all over the world. So I think we can all kili nai kaumo odalo. Mahalo nui ya oi kalanikai. And I look forward to meeting with you again soon. We're going to meet soon. That sounds great. This yeah, next one, okay. <laughs> Mahalo nui ya oi. Aloha. Aloha. Yesupu. Yesupu.